Welcome to Goats and Dragons, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast by Helpful Goat Gaming. Please be warned, this podcast contains adult situations and language that may not be suitable for children. In fact, we try our best to be unsuitable for people of all ages. Happy Holidays! The world of Banya cracks in anticipation of the approaching storm. Its lands strain against unnatural forces, and warnings of what is to come have been carefully placed among its people. Warnings that led us to a few tieflings, goliaths, drow, and halflings. But how can this unlikely family of broken people stop a force that has been generations in the making? What strength is left in the bonds of friendship? we're back we're back um thank you hope your uh all your fluids have been managed um and uh we are um in the midst of a of a game of dungeons and dragons um so previously on dungeons and dragons uh the group <laughs> played with children in the snow uh helped make a pie um curled up by the fire uh and pouted a bit uh because the fire was trying to talk to them and then um Paul, i was trying to sleep uh, also trying to sleep uh charity found a bunch of books uh, and is going through all that uh burbage is writing a book about his own exploits which is <laughs> like the most burbage thing to do ever um and hikari's turn for watch um has led her to uh pace around the cabin uh outside outside on a cold but uh bright shiny moonlit night so that's where we'll pick up no stars uh no stars just moon how many moons do we have in this world one the one mm. it's just the one i think i see two you, the, it's a reflection over the ocean the, the other second moon that you see we have at least three the third one is in your heart okay uh, you also rolled a critical hit uh, perception Woohoo! with a total of 23 in order to uh, check out your surroundings. Mm -hmm. So, Akari, yes. as you are pacing around the house, um, you hear Ferris inside the cabin snoring loudly as a goat. 
How does uh, that? What does that sound like? I'd like to. I'd like shit. to. It sounds like. This sounds like. Wow. Okay, I'm impressed. Very nice. Moving on. That's what it sounds like. So, you um, you get to the the um front side of the house again, next to the giant snowman, um that that Stormbringer built um, with couple. the children. Huh? Are there one or two snowmen? One giant one, uh, and then the children have made little tiny ones kind of next to it. Aww. Um, but the giant one leans over and says, hello. Seriously? Yes. How far away from it am I? Uh, like, like, 10 feet or so. Um, I draw my sword and I say... No need hey. for that, child. Hello. I wasn't done. Hello. <laughs> no need for that, child. It is I, your friend. I draw my sword more. <laughs> what friend? It is now completely out of the sheath. Yeah. <clears throat> you, are, you are my disciple. It is I who talk to you, who speak to you every once in a while. You've been ignoring me lately. Jeebus? Jesus Christ. No. Not Jeebus, no. <laughs> Some call me Eris. Ah, yeah, hey, I kind of worship you. What's up? Why are you a giant <sighs> snow Why did I accept Goliath? you as a disciple again? I don't know. We've had this talk. What's going on? That's right. And why are you a giant Goliath snow man monster? Well, because I've never been a giant Goliath snowman monster before. It's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. What? What's up? Hello? <laughs> I sense okay. something in you. <sighs> yes. What is it? Feelings again. Yeah, these darn feelings, they just sort of sneak up on you. Children have that way at times. Is there something that you need me to get rid of again? To get rid of? Oh, my accumulated feelings since last time? For the children, for oh, any I friends that you... I don't think we're going to be with the children very much longer. All right. Um, I guess that it's, it's not really helping me not to have any attachments. I thought it would, but it's just making them freak out. So, I guess if you could give me my feelings or connection or whatever it is back, that would be fine. Something you really want or just feel obligated. Another tool to use. Dude, I said what I said. So... I think you should give me my feelings back because it's not helping anything. Fair enough. And then giant snowmen come to me when I'm just trying to patrol on my damn fucking patrol and talk to me about sensing things. And then children talk to me about friend stories and it's getting really annoying. So I say we just bring them back. Not just because of that, but let's just bring them back. So you rolled an 18. Yes. You need a 13 or lower. Oh, damn it. I thought it was like 13 or higher. 
Okay, um, sorry, I don't have my feelings back yet. I'm a ro- I am a robot. I don't know what that was. That was I these, am a robot. I don't think that's a robot voice. This is a complicated <laughs> request that you ask. Uh, Why? Okay, listen. When I asked this the first time, you didn't come to me and start talking and being a giant snowman. So what? What I is up? I believe I was fireflies the last time you spoke to me. What? Fireflies. What about fireflies? I believe I was fireflies oh, the last time. Okay, well that's yeah, that's a little bit fireflies versus giant snow goliath. Let's think about that. Which so you... what? 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 I am saying think on these feelings. I won't grant your request yet. <sighs> there will be a time, but you must ask again. 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 I asked again. This is another time. I'm going to ask. You ask again and again and again at the snowman. The snowman is just a snowman now. I take my sword and I go, stab, stab, stab. (laughs) I'm tired of everyone asking me about stupid, useless feelings. Um, You turn back to the house. Uh, One of the children has (laughs) wandered outside and is staring at you doing this. Uh, it's the little girl, Pin, and she very slowly turns around and walks back inside. <laughs> Good idea, little girl. Um, now what? Does an eagle come and land on my shoulder <laughs> and give me wise advice <laughs> about feelings and why they're good? Nope. Nope. Does a kindly old woman come out of the woods? And invite me back to her cabin. Some spoons? And then... Oh, no, it's the spoon spoons. lady. Yeah. Um, nope, not that either. So presumably, while, like, during our watch rotation, we are also very aware of, like, the fact that at a certain point, we all need to be back inside the house. Right? Yeah, I'm assuming that. Right, the door is still open. Um, oh, so we and, and it, we it doesn't seem to activate. We trigger until it closes. It. Yeah, you guys trigger it. it. It's upon closing the door and then opening the door after dawn. Sometime. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Yep. Um, so the rest of you, you're just pacing now furiously around the house, Hakari. Um, your sword is just out. Whose uh, fault is just, this? You're just mumbling to yourself. The snowman is mostly destroyed at this point. Um. And uh, you see a few large winged creatures flying over the ocean. There we go. <laughs> a, a decent way out. Here's the eagle. <laughs> yeah. One of, one of them has a little figure on top. Looks like an old woman. I'm just teasing. Uh, no, just large. Uh, you're not even sure what type, if they're bird or maybe just maybe dragons, perhaps even just far out over the ocean. Okay. Um, they're sort of light, either skin or light feathers are glinting with the uh, the moonlight. Nice. Is it and making me feel things? No, not at all. No. Great. <laughs> um, and then uh, your time is done. Yay! Darcy's so so bitter. Slash cards. I'm just gonna keep this up. Because I knew he was going to do this to me, and I don't want to talk about it right now. You can talk about it whenever you want to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so you wake up Charity. Uh, Charity, um, it's it's very cold outside. Uh, it's it's you feel pretty decent about being able to stay inside and, and keep a decent watch. Um, so why don't you give me a perception check too? Oh, and when I woke you up, I was like, "Fucking snow goliaths, stay away!" <laughs> and then I go back to bed and fall asleep immediately. Five. All right, a five perception. Your head is buried in a book, mostly. Um, a, a book that you're feeling <laughs> not great feelings about. Um, yeah, so you're reading uh, Formidian of the Shadow Knowledge um, and are slowly piecing together uh, a story of, of just a, a great evil Um and as soon as then Goliaths are mentioned in this, you remember something oddly that Stormbringer just said offhand about, I didn't think the Goliaths had anything to do with the undead. Oh, well, whatever. Um, and none of this sounds good to you. Hooray. But that's it. You're, you're mostly buried in the book and keeping an ear out for anything that you don't hear. Anything else? I'll wake probably Burbage up. All right. All right. Burbage comes to um, start a, a, a watch. Give me a perception check, Burbage. If you rolled an eight and it got a 21, that's insane. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, see, with a 21 expert perception, you're at one point looking out the window, the fire is fading uh, inside. It's becoming even dark inside. Um, you see probably about five wolves in the distance um, clomping through the snow kind of leaping um, running together in a in a pack um, but that's about all you see here and they're not coming toward no us at all no cool did that stir something in your heart burbage do you want to talk about your feelings probably did a the beautiful pack of, pack of wolves. Pack of wolves. Oh yes, that reminds me of back home in Diefield when my brother Avery and me would get trapped up a tree by a pack of wolves every <laughs> once in a while. You know, I, it sounds like I'm just making this up, but this is actually like canon. <laughs> like, yeah. why? Because, because yeah. Andy. At the beginning of this season, when when Andy and Andy played Avery, improvised and we played a scene, it was like Burbage's first scene in season two. Oh, that's funny. And we and we talked about it then that they would often get stuck up a tree by these wolves, and then when Avery left, it ha kept happening to Burbage, but he was alone, and he always resented the fact that he had to go through this experience alone once he was abandoned by his brother. Why were there just like wild packs of wolves going around treeing people in Diefield? Yeah. Well, the real, the real question ended up being why didn't Burbage just end up like taking a different route? Yeah, yeah I was going to say, so, so I get that the metaphor for issues of abandonment, but also maybe <laughs> don't go to that particular yeah. set of woods. Yeah. <laughs> Is this happening to others? That was the most fun moment in that scene was when, like, Burbage is like, 
And then it happens again <laughs> next week. And then again the week after that. In hindsight, maybe I should have found a different yeah. route to go, but that's beside the point. You abandoned me. <laughs> there is something about that that, yeah, reminds you of seeing the wolves in the distance. Beautiful. I wonder what Avery's up to. I wonder. Probably nothing at all related to the, the larger scale of events going on in this world. He's probably just an uneventful brother. <laughs> uh, that's going to be so funny by the end of this episode. Anyway. Oh, um, <laughs> anyway. Um, all right, Burbage, that's it for you. Uh, you wake up, Stormbringer. How many watches do we need? I mean, we should like be at dawn at this point. Yeah, even if it was two yeah, hours per person. Yeah, there. It was me, Burbage, go or uh, Charity. Yep. The goat. Ferris. Yeah, four. Okay, so, so two, you, four, six, you basically eight, need even. four. Yeah, so that would be yeah because you need hours. six hours of sleep uh, a piece. Then. Well, I still I wake up Stormbringer and I'm like, Psst, Stormbringer. What? Hypothetical. Let's say somebody destroyed one of your snowmen outside. <laughs> Do you A, rebuild oh, no. the snowman right now after springing out of bed? Or B, tell me about your experiences with your tribe instead? Are those my only two options? In this hypothetical, they are. Oh, yeah, it's hypothetical. Okay, hypothetically, I'd tell you about my experiences with my tribe. Ah, right. Well, uh, uh, gotcha. It wasn't a hypothetical. It was a hyperthetical. It's real. What does that mean? Hypo, hyper. It's the opposite, presumably. It's very thetical. It's very thetical. That's yeah. very thetical. It's the most thetical question I've ever asked you. Which means what? <laughs> Which means what? I'm confused. I guess, really, I'm just saying, you know, I think we're about done with watch, but you're the next person I had to wake up, so I'm waking you up. Oh. I do want to tell you that it does look like somebody stabbed the shit out of one of your snowmen. I have no idea why. Um, and also, yeah, I just wanted to sort of check in with you about, you know, us. Because I know things have been kind of shaky ever since the beginning of time. <laughs> and we're a part of that. And, uh, yeah. I guess just wanted to reiterate that I love you very much and I care about you very much. And I know we're different people. You're tall, I'm short. You're big, I'm small. You're, You're wide, I'm narrow. You're a Goliath, I'm a halfling. Yep. Um, and, and you have you're more you're way more experienced with violence in a certain way than I am. I mean I've done violence. Yeah, I've seen you do violence. 
seeing you do lots of violence. Um, yeah, we've had some disagreements in the past, some differing ideas and views of how to handle things, and I just want to say that while we will continue to navigate those differences going forward, uh, ultimately what's most important to me is that uh, we trust each other and that you know that I, I care about you. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I think that was a lot of talking when I just woke up. I think I'm following you, yeah? And I mean, I, I love you too, and I care about you, and it's going to be okay. I won't let anybody hurt you, Burgess. You're okay. I appreciate that. And uh, how, how, how are you feeling about the Arben situation? Very curious about that. I mean, clearly you were very upset about Arben getting killed by me and by Charity. And I don't like it when you're upset because that's sad. I don't want you to be sad. You're my family. And so I'm sad that Arben getting killed made you sad. And that's bad because I don't want you to be sad. I want you to be happy. Um, but also you can't be happy if you're dead, right? Like dead, dead people, they're just like part of the ground and they're like, oh, look, I'm the ground. Ha ha ha. And they don't really feel things anymore. Um, so, you know, it maybe, maybe there's worse things in the world than sad. Wow. Maybe there's worse things in the world than sad. Can I use that as maybe a chapter title in a book that I'm sort of working on right now? Sure. Thank you. No, you know, yeah, there might be, there's something about, I think, trying to find a balance between happiness and death. And uh, I think we're all going to sort of work on that together. And... Yeah, the, 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 the Arben thing did make me sad. And I said some things in the immediate aftermath of that that I think were really intense. And in hindsight, I, I, I just want you to know that I didn't really mean them, that they were coming from, from the hurt and not from my actual feelings about you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Sometimes when I have feelings, I arm wrestle people. Right. And I've, sometimes I've... when I have feelings, I kill people. Right. Yes. Yes. And you, you know what? I, and I, 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 I understand that. I think that I can look back and understand your killing of Arben, for example, as a, as a manifestation and a function of your feelings of protection towards me and charity which i understand uh and that helps me that helps to kind of ease the the feelings of sort of hurt and betrayal that i felt at the time i think big picture here 
going forward, let's just be more communicative about our feelings and our intentions about the NPCs we come across. <laughs> so I should tell you I'm going to kill somebody and then kill them? Well, you know, yeah, maybe like sort of like more, because in hindsight, I think you and Charity were dropping quite a lot of hints that you didn't have friendly intentions toward Arvin. And I didn't really pick up on those as, you know, we're going to kill him next chance we get. It was all sort of just things happening underneath the surface that, you know, if we could just surface those things, have more sort of family meetings and uh yeah but but ultimately i also understand that on adventures like ours we don't always have time to to meet and discuss things before doing them so uh you know shit happens arben was easily a six in terms of fucking anyway so <laughs> Jesus. what's the scale is that good well it's six to nine six to nine <laughs> No, six out of nine? No, it's a it's a scale that's a scale of one to ten. And uh how does nine come into it then? Well, nine well <laughs> I was just making a little joke, it doesn't matter. Um uh granted he had just been brought back to life, so he was sort of like a zombie, if you know what I mean. Sort of yeah, you know. I... Although the rigor mortis was really great. <laughs> no, the rigor mortis hadn't worn off yet, so that was awesome. Okay. Uh, one of the children gets up and they start dancing. They say, "Burbage, look at me!" Oh, hey, there's a kid dancing. That will that completely distracts me from <laughs> what I was just talking about. What was I talking about? Oh, probably something like if you know, from you know, I would. It, is it bad if I if I just say this, Stormbringer? I ah shit. I don't know if this is good or not. Can I do an insight check on Stormbringer to get us based on kind of my understanding and and maybe Lena, you can tell me. But if Burbage, like what he thinks Stormbringer's response would be if Burbage said I forgive you for killing Marvin. <laughs> can I can I do an insight roll for that, Andy? Please, uh, I'll let Lena answer however you think there. Based on how I roll. Yeah. Burbage is gauging the situation, looking at the normal cold face of Stormbringer. A 25 insight. Um, you think she'd be pretty confused, but be like, "Okay, that's nice." She wouldn't really get what you were forgiving her for, right? But it, but but he doesn't feel like she would. It would like make anything worse or anything. No, negative. she wouldn't be like mad. She'd just be like still very confused. Yeah, Stormbringer, this is more for me than for you. I think I forgive you for murdering Arben after I was trying to save him because. With different people, different understandings and intentions, and different ways of showing our care. And I hope that you can forgive me for saying the things I said to you, which I didn't mean. Yeah, um, yeah, I forgive you. I'm not mad. I haven't been mad. Um, 
and I forgive you for not killing Arben, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so we're even now. You didn't kill him, and I did kill him. And I'm kidding. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I appreciate that, and I understand this all relates to how both of us sort of care about charity and want him to be okay. And there was some questions at the time around, you know, if Arden's alive, does that put charity in danger? I understand. So, water under the bridge. Yeah, um, what bridge? Uh, just a metaphorical one. Okay. Um, is that is that an important part of the forgiveness? Is the water? I can probably get you some water. Oh, yeah, are you thirsty? I, I know you just woke up. You might have some dry mouth. I've been talking your ear off here, just sort of hovering over your head as you lie here. Um, yeah, let me find you some water. Here's some water for you, and I splash it on your face. <laughs> what the fuck? Wait, doesn't that, isn't that refreshing? Isn't that nice to just kind of get a splash of water in the face? Um, oh um, no, that wasn't refreshing. Do you want to be refreshed? I can put you yeah. in the snow. What? <laughs> I can throw Furbage out in the snow. <laughs> oh, it's cold. That nips. Oh, that nips. Oh. <clears throat> the children, a few of them are up now and they're laughing at what just transpired. I feel like Charity sort of clearly opens his eyes, still like sort of the, the, the book about shadow knowledge next to him, looks at the nearest child and he goes, what are they doing? Well, I saw him back. I just, uh, she took the little one, a babbage, oh, what they calling him, and she just tossed him right outside into the snow. That <laughs> peed my pants. One well, that's probably deserved, and two, if you just peed your pants, move away from my bedroll, please. <laughs> oh, it's cold. It's cold here. In... Where are we? Senshore? You were. Uh, as you wake up in the morning, um, Ferris goes over to the door, shuts it, uh, opens it back up to a lush and very, very uh, old um, pine forest. He then goes to the map, uh, brings it down off the wall, and is now kind of unsure where you are. He thinks you are somewhere in this area, and he points to Chubero and Solstadt in like northern Bovalia. Um, but that's still probably a long ways away. You don't actually see giant mountains in the distance, even. Um, so... Yeah, you're not exactly sure, but this is this is not it. And what all of our possessions did we move into the house and have with us? And are there any that we that were left? Right. So you you had moved all the the possessions, all your gear inside, um, as uh, as you were talking to the kids and as you were hiding stuff. Um, but you had horses and a camel still tied up. Um, at uh, where you had left. So technically, you have all your things. You just don't have those horses and camel just, right now. Just our, yeah, our mounts. Okay. Yeah. Do I recognize this area at all as being closer to where we're going? You do not. No. This does not look familiar at all. 
So it looks like probably staying in the house another day. <laughs> Does it look like this? <laughs> a card's like, I just want to go. I just want to go somewhere that's not full of children. Do you want to ask your god something, Hakari? Um, are we talking about feelings again, or are we talking about something? Else? Yeah, you have to. You have to ask every day. I know. Or, yes. Once per day. Yes. Okay. Uh, oh no, that's a ninety-three. That's a hard no from the god. She says, "Ask." I could get below thirteen out of a hundred. Yeah. She says, "Ask again tomorrow." It took forever for you to get it granted in the first. Place. Yeah, it took like a week, if you remember, for you to actually get them. I know. Yeah. I just. Isn't there some version of guidance that can reduce Akari's roll amount by 90? <laughs> that would be nope. a relief. There is no form of guidance that can do that. <laughs> no. I can, I can definitively say. I, I, you know, I'm open to suggestions. Of, of things you think that might help, but uh, I have no idea it. of suggestions. <laughs> All right, how about they just do it because I threatened them? Your god, no, they don't, sadly. Okay. So, um, so uh, spanning out before you, rolling uh, downward into a large valley, just a massive pine forest. You are, yeah, here for another day. What do you want to do, folks? Uh, family meeting. Family meeting. Family meeting. Yes. All right. Listen up. As much as I love pine, and I always have, it's always been my favorite type of wood, with trees and forests. Pine forests are the best. I would love nothing more right now than to go out there and explore and prod stick my nose in places that it doesn't belong and see what happens but i think maybe let's just stay inside today let's just not go out there because if we go out there you know what's going to happen we're going to find some weird frog people or some weird chinchilla people and they're going to take us to some kind of feast but the feast is actually going to be some kind of potentially harmful ceremony where we get attacked by some giant rat or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. This one was going to be a giant sloth, but yeah. Aww. Fun then trauma. It's the way our lives go. Right, yeah. So how about just a little staycation? Just stay in. We don't even have to... You know what? I won't even narrate what I'm doing today. I'm just going to... I'm just going to just... Let's just let's just be low key, you know. I can I can stay, but I don't know what occasion is. Well, a staycation is like a sort of a variation on a a vacation. Do you have you ever been on a vacation, Stormbringer? No. You've never taken a well. That explains a lot. You know how when Vimeris, when it came out that he was a virgin, that he never had sex. This explains an, as much about you as that did about him. Um, what did that explain about him? Oh, that he was so uncomfortable with, with my ad advances toward him and my crush mm. on him. And, like, it couldn't have possibly had to do with any kind of, like, aversion to me specifically. It must have been just that he was inexperienced and awkward. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was awkward. So I'm uncomfortable with your advances towards me is what this means? 
Oh no, that's not at all. It's just it's totally different here. Cherry's gonna turn a page in a book and look at one of the kids. Can I get some more tea? This is gonna be a while. Uh yeah, so Ferris is putting on uh kind of an overcoat that's far too big for him. Um <laughs> <laughs> in his sort of frail old Little man girl form. In a big no, he's a, in a man form. Oh. Uh, and he's gathering up some children to go on a hike uh, to find more herbs. Uh, and so one of them says, Oh, don't worry, Charlie. We're about to pop up and pop back in. Uh, we'll get some herbs for you. Get some nice tea, right? Uh, don't go nowhere. All right. We're going like, to do that. Can I go? Can I go? Can I go? Oh. Yeah. Uh, Pin comes over and like grabs your hand. Uh, and then starts to kind of walk with you. I look around at the room. Hey, wait a minute, guys, kids, children. How important is it that you go find herbs right now and tea? What have you been here before? Are you familiar with this pine forest? Uh, I, I've not been here before, but um, you know, I think Blood Throne has. Uh, she said it was pretty good for some herbs, and you know, we trust you know Mr. Ferris and whatnot. So, Ferris is going to take you out. And yeah, he's got to take us out. He said something about a giant sloth. It should be fun. Mm. Oh, no. no this is exactly I turn back to the Burbage and I go, a giant sloth, Burbage, come on. All right, Akari, okay, how about this? You go do that, but let's just have it be sort of a side adventure. That's what happens off screen, you know. Okay. Giant sloth does sound fun. Oh, charity, what? <laughs> Are you considering going out there? Just what? You want to protect the kids and heal them in case the sloth wags its tail at them? Sloths have tails. No. They have tiny, like, nubbins. Yeah. You're going to see Charity, like, pick up his teacup and sit and go, I'm sorry. Is a decision I'm making adding complications to your plans? <laughs> 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 I just see the, the Kermit the Frog meme there. I love it. Touche. Touche. All right. Everybody just does what they want. Charity's going to wink at you. <laughs> I'm going to stay-cate. Stagnate? Stay-cate. It's a staycation. I'm going to sit here, drink some, some tea, work on my Okay. Well, it's. I think they're out of herbs for tea. Yeah, but well, I'm just going to drink some hot water. How about that? Staycation. Stormbringer, do you go with the group going for herbs, or do you stay with Burbage? Is who all is staying? Uh, I think Burbage is alone. <laughs> uh, I I'm going. Charity, and Charity I think, is yeah, going. Are going with the kids. Fuck, why do you guys do this to me? Stormbringer, I'll be fine. You, you know, they're the ones who are going to be in danger because they're going off and doing shit. Every time you're alone, you get into danger. I'm not, but my my whole deal today is I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling danger. I'd really just rather just get on with, with what we're doing, you know? And as long as we're here in this pine forest near Shubaro or wherever the fuck we are... We're not going to make any progress in finding the, the, the process avatarana. Listen to me. I'm even getting the title of the book right. That's how seriously I'm taking our, 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 our current, you know, goals and objectives. Sloths in pine forests. Tea, herbs, children, goat men. Art on nonsense. 
and forever just sit down and, and drink tea angry, drink hot water angry. If you're concerned about him being alone, we could leave him with someone. Yeah, like me, right? Yeah, but we've already had sort of a heart-to-heart today. What are we going to talk about? Or you could come with us. Up to you. Okay, I'm going to go with them to protect them, Burbridge, but you have to lock the door, and if you hear any noises, you have to hide under the bed and not breathe, okay? Okay, I've done that before. And don't take your sweater off. Okay, why? Oh, sweater. What is it about this sweater? Uh, as we're leaving, um, at like the sort of like the stuff piled by the door, Charity is going to uh, whisper down, Seamus, five minutes after we leave, begin cycling through the worst jokes you know until <laughs> we come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, I got that. I got that. <laughs> you, you don't worry about that. None other than that. I'll toss him like a random object because I remember he likes like storing things. All right. Uh, so the group then leaves. Uh, Burbage, you are alone. And for like five minutes, it's like peaceful. You just hear some birds outside chirping. You can really write down some of your stories in your book. And then you hear the, <laughs> the knapsack in the corner. Hey, you, I, I, I got, are you hitting your numbers over there? You hitting your numbers? Huh? Hey. You hitting your numbers today? Cause that's I, not Yeah. You Yeah. Wait, you're not you're a bag. That's right. You're not the hit your numbers guy. That's a different person. Ah, he taught me all everything he knows. Ah, oh, damn it. I know, right? Well, I'm not hitting my numbers. Okay. I'm writing a I'm well, I'm I'm I have a goal of writing five pages. Today, uh-huh. and I'm on That's page great. three. You want to hear a joke? <laughs> okay. So Skeleton no. walks into a tavern and asks for a beer and a mop. <laughs> it's like flaps, clap. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, how is it clapping? That's pretty good, Seamus. Thank you. But you get fairly bored with that uh, somewhat quickly. Um, and then you write your five pages. The group still is not back after a couple hours. Um, so actually you kind of yawn a few times. Your head gets heavy. <sighs> That's a real yawn. Just your eyes close for just a few seconds. Are you wanting me to close my eyes right now? Yeah. Like, what- Would you mind? <laughs> what? I'm just kidding. All right. My eyes are closed. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so, Burbage, you open your eyes in a firelit campsite. It, it's night. You hear a stream nearby through the pines, and it takes you a second to realize you're not just outside Ferris's cabin. Because you look around, um, and you're alone. You don't see the cabin at all. There's a makeshift tent next to you, a few scattered supplies, and just a crackling fire. This is after he wakes up, or after he closes his eyes? After he's opened his eyes, yeah. 
Is it is it pine? Is there is it a pine forest? There are some pines here, yes. But it but Burbage being a big fan of pine. Yeah. Uh, and pine forests. Does this seem like a the same? Give me either area? a history check or a nature check. Eleven nature. It seems familiar, but this feels more like pines and, and like then grasslands kind of near like Diefield and cliff mill more than the heavy heavy old growth of of the forest that you are in now right what is this what, what, where, where am i now did somebody close and open the doors there's some additional rule to this fucking cabin that ferris didn't tell us damn it you sense a few things it's a brisk night you hear the din of crickets and there's a pain that stretches up your back into your arms, across your chest and, and face. Like wounds that haven't yet healed properly. You got probed, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I should have asked everyone to jump off. What was I thinking? But your body feels your body feels hot underneath the furs that you're wearing. I'm wearing furs? Yeah. And you soon stand. But here is the most troubling part. It's not you who stands. You can't control this body. You merely sense what it senses. You can't even turn your head to look from side to side to better acclimate yourself. You're trapped in this body. And you hear kind of a a scoff, maybe maybe a giggle even. And then a voice. I've got you now, butterfly. <laughs> this is so scary. What the fuck? Does that you come move... from the body that I'm in? Yes. Shit. You move over to the stream, you dip a bowl of water, you carry it back quickly to the firelight, and you peer down into a shimmering reflection of a white tiger's gritting face. What the fuck? You see... Should have come and seen the sloth, dude. You see in the reflection a deep scar across the face. And now you see it speaking. Master Kimp, I want you to see this. I want you to fear this. And I want you to tell the others... What will soon happen to them? And at this you become aware of a figure standing just outside the firelight. And again, another familiar but unexpected voice. I have it. I brought it a very long way. Here it is. The Tinkerer's Music Box. And Avery sets a small package on the ground. And for your end of the deal, Shenick, you pick it up, undo the twine, and see that it is indeed a music box, which you then just carefully place in your side bag. You move to your tent, uh... You grab a cigarette, hand it to Avery, who very cautiously takes it from you. 
And then you hear that voice again. I understand that our agreed-upon price was your brother's extrication from what is to come. And Burbage, you then pick up a knife and hide it in your palm. And you turn back to Avery. But that was before he and his friends did this to me. Then he motions at the scars and the wounds. I'm afraid the price has gone up. Uh, I'm I'm trying to call out. I'm, I'm Avery. He's got a knife. You see Avery start to kind of say something, and he looks in your eyes, just slightly confused. He looks back up. Well, what is the price? I would not now spare your brother's life for the entirety of the cosmos. I would not prevent his demise at my hands for the adoration and control of every living thing. In fact, Mr. Kemp, there is a grave debt your brother now owes. Do you want to know its balance? And at this, he throws the knife as fast as he can at Avery. But Avery vanishes from sight. <clears throat> and this enrages you. You can feel the heat and flame on your face. And you, and you stand up and you say, I will start by sending him pieces of you. Four swords lift up from the ground around you and begin to turn and swirl around you as you frantically look for anything, any mark, any sign of Avery. And then out of the corner of your eye, a flash and then a stabbing pain uh, as a dagger was thrown from seemingly nowhere straight into you. And you sniff the air. And you catch his scent. And you unleash a black, gigantic, necrotic energy from your hands straight at where you believe Avery to be. And the screams that you hear as the energy eats away at even the plant life around you. I can't... So... so I Burbage would be trying, like his consciousness, trying to exert any. Can I? I, I can't exert any control over the, this this body that I'm in. Give me a wisdom uh, saving throw. Ugh. Six. A six. You smell him. You see now just a bit of blood on the ground, and you leap to where that spot is, and you land on something invisible, and you raise it up in your hands, and you then see Avery turn visible in front of you, and you begin to squeeze. And Avery goes rigid. Petrified, in fact. Hard as wood. You are now just holding a wooden doll of Avery and you throw it on the ground. And again, flames on the side of your face rise up. You see Avery now throw another dagger straight at you. One of the swords then blocks it out of the way. And then you begin to conjure a bolt of lightning in your hands and you hear the crackling energy. Give me another wisdom saving throw. I don't want to do the lightning. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I want to stop it or make it go in another direction 16 a 16 you unleash the amount of energy it bounces off of you the swords hits Avery and Karks to the tree next to him 
um, the tree immediately catches on fire, and Avery whips around, throwing his cloak now on the ground, which is smoldering and smoking. Avery himself has a bit of charring on his face. And a fear washes over Avery, and he attempts to turn invisible, but you teleport behind him immediately, brandishing a longsword. You raise it up in the air. Give me one more wisdom saving throw. Seven. Seven. Uh, you swing down, slashing into Avery's back, and you hear now a gurgling laugh inside of you. Look, Burbage, look what we are doing! And every steps back, horrified, even at the, the calling of your name there. From his pack, he hurls a rock uh, at... at he's, he's out of daggers. He just hurls a rock at Shenik. One of the swords again bounces it uh, clear, flying well off behind him. And as Shenik turns back to where Avery was, Avery's gone. And just very quickly, he looks to where that rock landed. And Avery immediately spouts up from there and bolts. He's running as fast as he can. You then begin to summon creatures, creatures from another another world, another dimension. Give me another wisdom saving throw. <laughs> it strikes me that is this Burbage's wisdom saving throws or yes. Shannon's? Burbage's. It's Burbage's. Yeah. Yay! Crit. A crit hit. Woo! Interesting. So you you begin summoning these creatures. You see fiery holes open up along uh, in eight different places along the ground. But it doesn't quite work. The holes slam shut. And you are just so enraged. You immediately leap off the ground and begin to fly after Avery. Who's now running? Fly? Like fly fly? Fly. Avery is now running as fast as he can toward distant lights in a particularly familiar large ice spire sticking out of those lights. <laughs> You're gaining ground, but it, it, it's not enough. He's going to reach the town and the city limits uh, and Hikari's spell is what you're most worried about. You step through a door into a starry night sky and appear right before Avery, between him and the walls of the city. Avery looks back doesn't know exactly how to get around you. The four blades sort of spread out and begin to circle you again. He grabs a rock from the ground, starts to rush toward you, leaps in the air, and you can see he's left himself completely open. Give me another wisdom saving throw. This is so stressful. Fifteen. Fifteen. As you strike into Avery, there's a spray of then red blood that now kind of covers across your face. But it's odd. Avery wasn't necessarily aiming for you with the rock. He dropped the rock, instead grabbed onto one of the swords that was spinning around you. The sword just flings him off onto the ground, into the mud. Hell yeah, Avery. No weapons, but he is he's now prone, and here's your chance. You walk toward him with your long sword, ready to finish it. One more wisdom saving throw, please. Thirteen. All right, you go to swing at him. As you do, you feel an incredibly painful sensation. You pull your hand back. The fur starts to catch on fire. 
you got too close to Hakari's spell. Did, did Avery, Avery land? Is inside no. the yes the spell's radius. In frustration, you just take your sword and throw it at him. Avery stands up, steps aside, deftly. The sword lands just in the mud. You begin to scream. You begin to shout. You say, no! This can't be! You see Avery then turn around and just give you the finger. (laughs) His eyes dart up for a second. And at that moment, the sound around you deafens. And you are surrounded by a brilliant white light. And the pain is incredible. But brief. As you drift out of existence, your body dusted, you see amidst the blinding white light a small blue flame. And then a voice that says, Welcome, child. The rest of you. Um, hey. The rest of you have come <laughs> back to the cabin, um, covered in in kind of a green goo from your your uh, epic battle with giant spiders yes. um, that were trying to eat a sloth, but you saved the sloth yes. uh, and have now just covered in spider goo. Even the children, um, everyone's safe. Uh, it didn't take much. Charity healed you, basically, mm-hmm. up until that point. Um, you get in the cabin again, and you see Burbage just on the ground next to the table. Like, sleeping? It doesn't necessarily look like that. He's not covered up at all. It almost looks like he fell out of his chair. Okay. Seamus, status report. Shit, I shouldn't have left him. This is, I'm not listening to you guys ever again, ever. I'm staying with him always. I'm putting him in my sack, and Stormbringer's running over to him while she's saying this. All right. Charity is also running over and is like sliding in essentially to like start performing med checks. Exactly. Yeah. You swarm around him real quick. You try to wake him. You can't for a moment. He's, he's not waking up. He's breathing. He's, his heart rate is racing. Um, his left hand is burned a little bit. And then after a couple seconds attending to him, Burbage, you open your eyes. (gasps) You are miles and miles and miles away from what had just transpired with you. And you are surrounded by the family, by children looking concerned, by even the old man, Ferris, Covered in a green goo. Uh, Staycation. Extrication. Staycation. Extrication. Staycation. Extrication. Ha. 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 Burbage. I. I. Fell asleep. You didn't seem asleep. Your hand is burned. My hand? I look at my hand. Is it actually like burned or does it just feel it, burned? It's or? a little bit like a maybe second degree burn. It's kind of starting to blister a little. And rem- and rem- and that aligns with something that happened when I was in Shenick's body? That aligns with him, yes, him trying to reach uh, Avery with the sword. When he was 
burned by when, this spell. Yeah, Hikari spell burned. Oh, uh, that. Ow. All right, so that. I didn't think that was just a bad dream. What happened? I'm also applying a poultice to his hand. Sure. I, I was uh, transported. I woke up in a, in a different area. I think somewhere near, near Cliff Mill, but I wasn't me. I was. It is evening here, too, by the way, now. And it was evening there, right? Yes. I was, uh, I don't know, inside Shenik Malkovich. I was being Shenik Malkovich. I'm assuming that's his last name. No, all right. <laughs> um, I was in Shenik's brain, in his mind, and he... And he knew I was there. It sounded like he had he had summoned me to be there. He said, what did he say? Welcome, Mr. Kemp, or hello, Mr. Kemp. I want you to see this. And then my brother was there, Avery. He, he, he brought him a, a, a music box. What did he call it? The Tinkerer's Music Box. What was he doing? How does he know Shenik? There was supposed to be some kind of deal, some kind of exchange, but Shenik, Shenik was par for the course, a piece of betraying shit, and, 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 and attacked Avery, and there was a big fight, and I was trying to help. I tried as hard as I could, and I think, I think Avery made it. I think they were near Cliff Mill, and, and, and Avery got there, and, and I think he's... he's He's safe. And then I don't know what exactly happened. There was a, a blinding white light and a blue flame. And it felt like I, well, Chenick disappeared out of existence. And there was a voice. I heard a voice. The last thing I heard was a voice saying, Welcome, child. Was it an old man's voice? <laughs> uh, it sounded like it, right, Andy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Raspy, barely, barely audible. It was a, an old man's voice. Raspy, barely audible. The blue flame, that's, that's Behelet, right? I recognized it. I recognized it from when I was pulled into her realm. Did... What happened? Is Shinnick dead? No, I don't think we're that lucky. But listen to me well, because I'm sure you're listening. I am not the weapon you have made me. But I will show you my charity. I will show you my charity until you cannot remember anything else if you threaten any of them again. Stormbringer, is he talking to me? I don't think so. Um, okay. I think probably talking to Bethelda, but I thought she couldn't see or hear us anymore, right? Because they lost us. 
Yeah, but Shenek was able to find me. Shenek was able to find me here somehow and pull me into his weird brain. When I was in there, you know what I saw? I saw that he, he cuts the crust off of his sandwiches before he eats them. Oh, that's Isn't that weird? Super weird. Shenek, one more reason to kill that fucker. It's weird about the sandwiches. It's weird about sandwiches. But who was the voice you heard at the end? I'm not following this still. The voice of Behelet. Why does Behelet sound like an old man? Has Charity told us about his interactions with the voice of Behelet? Very little. I would say, if, I mean, sure. if nothing else also, hasn't had a lot of time since he sort of processed them. You've probably heard some mentions of it. The voice of Behelet is, as far as I can tell, the leader of her operatives. He, when I died, when you all brought me back, I was able to control my return to the world just a little. And I was able to seek out someone to look in on them. I chose the voice of Behelet. He's nestled beneath Federo, like a worm at the heart of an apple. He... One of the, the texts we had referred to, but there is always a voice. I do not think there has been one. I think there have been many. I think that the current one is leading the efforts to bring her through. I've interacted with him many times, but I don't know anything outside of roughly where he is. I know he was confused by some of my abilities. And I know that I will kill him every way I know how. If you don't think Shenek was killed in that moment that I experienced, welcome child. Do you think that that do you think Shenik got what he wanted? He said in his letter that he wanted to become Behelet's charity. If that's what that was, some kind of promotion. We've seen something like this before. <laughs> charity 2.0. Remember, we, we killed him and then he reappeared as a very, very badly beaten angel. Right, I remember recapping that. <laughs> because technically that's not in the podcast. Oh no, yeah. Oh, I had to recap that because of, well, because of time fuckery. But because of time end, fuckery. memory fuckery. Indeed. And it was weirdly apropos. <laughs> Indeed. But yes, and you, now that he says that, you remember a similar white blinding light that took that person away the first time. So if he's the new charity of Behelet. Does that mean that's separate from your sh the shadow charity? How many charities are there going to be? This is ridiculous. And how are we going to choose which charity to donate to? <laughs> Thanks, Darcy. Are you still confused about it? I thought we, I thought we cleared that up with Stormbreaker. Episode, episode three. One. Yeah. <laughs> That was for you, Stormbringer. I do not 
know the full scope. Perhaps the shadow me is purely designed to serve as Behelet's vessel. Perhaps she no longer needs me or shadow me to be her charity. Maybe Shenik is getting a promotion. I hope whatever's happening to him hurts a lot repeatedly for a very long time. I, maybe he's being punished. I don't really think the charity too being sent back as an angel was precisely a promotion. It felt like a horizontal move on the Behelet corporate hierarchy at best. <laughs> you get to be an angel, but I beat the shit out of you first. It's not a great deal. Avery could have died. I could have seen my brother die. It was scary. Dear gods. Ah, oh, I think he's okay. I think he made it to Cliff Mill. Thank, thank the gods. Oh, my hand. Oh, it feels a bit better. Hopefully. Does it feel better? Does it this... does. Yeah. Oh, ah, thank you, Charity. You're welcome. No, but really, I was just earlier talking about Avery, and then this happens. I, you know, to be clear, I, I Adam, had no idea that. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I was that like, there was oh, Avery boy. Stuff. So I just happened to. The wolves. <laughs> triggered that was the only point of connection yeah. for Burbage was that time that he and Avery talked about those so that just happened to come up and then this is that yeah I also honestly did not expect everybody to leave the cabin except for Burbage <laughs> Which is so, also great. they had their own adventure and luckily Stormbringer was there because there was a lot of spiders to kill just saying <laughs> um, Burbage what if if you are in a fight and you're analyzing like the moves of your opponent, how does how does Burbage do that? Do you know what I'm saying? Or is it that you're keenly watching every like move of a muscle when you do this? Is it that you're recalling some sort of like training to understand what they might do next? How might you do that? Um, I think it's it's keen attention to to not just bodily movements but also like his surroundings okay and that's i mean it's something that's he's imp that's improved over over time his perception yeah. um you know so he yeah is is very aware of objects and things that people could potentially interact with during a fight Right. Okay. Um, as as well as bodily movements, because and and part of that is like well, as a as a budding thief in Federo, and part of the kind right. of the misadventures that he, um, that silly Burbage kind of got up to before meeting the family, he has had like I'm sure he he's been betrayed sometimes by partner thieves who like sure. And, and 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 like I mean that that thing in the alley with uh, with Foley, like that that wasn't the first time he's been in a situation where, like, you know, a dagger has been pulled out or so like so Perfect. the cumulative yeah. effect of all of those experiences is that he's he's practiced becoming very attuned to to reflexes and and muscles and. I love it. Yeah. So, give me give me two rolls, please. Uh, oh, no. Perception and survival. No. <laughs> Twenty-eight perception, seventeen survival. All right. Okay. Good. Thinking back on that fight, 
you learned a lot of information about Shenick. Um, not just the sandwich thing. Not just the but... sandwich thing. You okay. okay? So, so here are some things you learned. You learned that those four different blades, uh, blocked incoming attacks, but only to a point. The fastest attack that Avery made got through. So that's interesting. Uh, you noticed that his sense of smell was incredibly keen to the point where he could almost pick out an invisible creature. He used several spells, one of which uh, was the summoning demons, uh, two of which then you've never, you you hadn't seen and they weren't recounted by the by Hikari and, and Charity in the battle that they had with Shenik. Um, one of them was this crazy blast of necrotic energy uh, the other, if you describe it to Charity, Charity, you know this as chain lightning, where the lightning bolt just arcs from one thing to another. Um, yeah, and that's all you notice about that. And uh, yeah, his his dimension door ability. Uh, yeah, I think that was everything then that was new. Um, so you you learned a lot of new abilities uh, from Shenik that he had not revealed previously. If that makes so sense. So what 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 is so the necrotic energy was one of the attacks. Chain lightning. I remember that. What was the summoning summoning demons part? That was the one you actually stopped. He was trying to summon uh, summon like other demon yeah. creatures to to attack. And that one we'd seen. Yeah. Yeah. You got. Yeah. Uh, and that was the one you you stopped, luckily, because that was going to get real bad for Avery. And what was the dimension door again? Um, that was a yeah, that was his spell where he just stepped through a door and then appeared like right in front of Avery. So like oh, like to cut him off from getting cut him off. That was the teleport that's like five hundred feet away. Yeah. Okay. Um. And so, but does um does Burridge have any sense of what? the actual spell or effect was that brought him there into Shenick's brain. Right. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, that was, that was a, a very powerful sort of mental magic that e even describing it to charity is on a very high level. Um, you don't charity. You don't know of a specific spell that would do that. It would just have to be something a combination of spells or something, a ritual that he must have performed or something uh, in order to do that. Uh, Charity, give me an uh, Arcana check. So, yeah, I would. So, I would share all of this. I'll share all of these things okay. that Burbage has like observed and learned. Yeah. Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay, with a fifteen, you would know of. Uh, like Hakari has some types of magic that call upon sort of another deity in order to like gain that sort of uh, gain incredible knowledge of or or gain some sort of mental acuity for. But you have to be very familiar with the creature, not necessarily with where they are. Does that make sense? You don't think that Shenik knows where you are, but you think he has a very acute sense of burbage. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Burbage would share of this. What was the, so the one attack that Avery 
his fastest attack, you said, that was able to get through the four blades. What was that attack? It was uh, him throwing a dagger um, from being invisible. And when you say fastest attack, uh, I mean... Rolled really highest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, basically the highest attack roll. Yeah. So that they provide... So above the table, they... Yeah. They provide a bonus to his AC, but they can be overcome. They're not a perfect yeah. like wall of force level nothing goes through them okay yeah so good so yeah so Burbage would uh share all of that and and then and he would say um Avery had been making a deal for my protection he he was going to give that music box and he did give Shenik that music box he did yes to extricate me from what's going to happen. It was weird, because at first I thought Shenick said staycation! But he actually said extrication. Sort of a little coincidence. Don't mind saying. Trey's gonna go, uh, music box, you say. And go over and pull out the record of the record of the light keepers. Flip, flip. Yep. That seems not great. And so while he's, I would just finish up. Beverage's thought would be like, and then Shenick said that he would never spare my life for anything now because of what we did to him. He's real mad at us, guys. He's, <laughs> he's <not> really mad. <laughs> we tried killing Avery, but. And then that is my understanding that Avery yeah. was safe at the end of that. Yes, really, really hurt. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but alive and in town with people that you know would take care of him. So, yeah. Okay. And so and so then, uh, why, what, what's about the music box, Charity? What's that book there? Um, I did not wait through the whole 30 pages of this. <laughs> why not? I read it very quickly, and I'm going to afterwards, but... <laughs> you should... There are a couple of relevant passages to the music box, right? Because you pointed that out to me. Yes, there. Yep. So, uh, and the idea of a tinkerer's music box seems like this might be C. Ren's music box from that story. And in that, is it tied to <laughs> right? What that so music box did? that uh, it was. It was hinted at then. Uh, it, it, the The journal didn't go quite that far to actually what it was accomplished with it, but it hinted that it might be needed to hold back a great darkness. The darkness that the light keepers were trying to stop. Cool. Charity's going to sort of rub his jaws. He's looking at it and pointing out these passages and saying this to people. And he goes, huh. It seems like we need answers from a long dead asshole. I love it. Well, that's one more artifact for Behelet. Sorry, guys, I've got to apologize for Avery. Like I said, he was just trying to protect me. I'm sure he feels really foolish that he gave away that music box, and in the end, it's not going to make any difference. At least, not a good one. She just killed Shinnick. It's the Barton Angel's killing. 
killing the people who want to hurt Burbage and Charity. Avery and I should have a talk about that. Sort of best practices in protecting the people you care about workshop? Yeah. Preemptive kills. Nice. You shouldn't really be negotiating with Charity. I don't even know how he knows him. That's definitely a truth. Um, ah, I'm sure he's just an uneventful brother, like I said earlier. Is this your version of perhaps it's nothing? <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> probably. Yeah. Probably it's nothing. Probably nothing. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> um, but you also learned more about Avery in that fight. Uh, Avery's kind of a badass. Yeah, have I, have I ever seen him in action like that? No, never seen him in action like that. Um, so the, uh, the night goes long. Um, the night goes long. <laughs> uh, Ferris has created a gigantic carrot stew for everyone. Um, with just a little bit of rabbit that he found, uh, in it. He didn't say he killed. He just seemed to suggest he found it. Um, but it's quite good. It's filling. You don't have to use rations for today, uh, either. And uh, as the night progresses, um, is there anything that you guys would like to talk about? Getting out of this fucking cabin. Sounds good. Especially after that experience. Yeah. Burbage is like, we've got to find that book. So the next day comes. At dawn, the door is closed. Opened again. You see a a rocky bank and a stream that curves around the cabin. Tall cliffs on either side of you. You are deep within mountains. Mm -hmm. And Stormbringer, you recognize home. You are in the Bavalian Mountains. And you could, you feel like you can narrow down within two or three miles of exactly where you are. These are your old stomping grounds. Woohoo! So, now's a choice. You can decide to leave at this point, or wait to see when your mounts might pop back up. Um, but if you don't care about them too much, Stormbringer, you feel pretty good that uh, you are near Goliaths. Hey, you guys! It looks like we're in mountains! That's weird. Maybe we were trying to find mountains. I don't know. Um... But we should uh, keep looking for our horses. Do we have a timeline for finding the process adventure about? Um, I feel like if we try to look for our horses, we're going to have to keep staying in this cabin. Akari's <laughs> going crazy. It's a really cozy cabin, though. And I don't know, like, maybe we're not ready to find the... Process Adventuratorium. <laughs> I'm just like, well, I don't know about anyone here, but I am not getting back in this cabin. I'm staying here. I think we should go find Stormbringer's stuff. Family. I mean, I just don't know if it's going to be that like simple, right? Like, the tribe is fractured, and Dawn Protector's mad at me. 
and they're all mad at me. And why do we need the process adventure, Ram? Well, you know how we're concerned about Charity's well-being and we want to protect him, right? big part of that is getting our hands on this book so that we have more information about the types of artifacts and magic that the helots, you know, people are going to need for their nefarious bullshit. Which I think has something to do with cloning and just sounds like they might have overdone you know, bringing a god into the vessel. Well, it sounds like Shadow Charity is the vessel. Anyway, we're running behind. I think we, we, we've got to catch up. I say we ask Ferris and the Prevalian Ravagers to keep an eye out for our mounts mm -hmm. uh, as they continue on their merry home of many doors way and then maybe you know they can uh maybe you know maybe the bavalian ravages could uh, come and help us in the big epic fight at the end of the campaign maybe they'll come with our mouths and uh yeah but you know maybe time operates strangely in the cabin and maybe by the time they get back to the original location with our mouths maybe they will have grown up they can ride our mounts and come to the epic final battle against the helot and help us in the fight. Sounds good to me. Let's go! <laughs> Hakari's got her pack on already and is out the door. Uh, Ferris comes over to you, Charity. Um, just kind of puts his hands on your shoulder and, um, and then kisses you in the forehead. Just lingers there for a moment. He smiles at you widely, uh, and then produces a small little pouch um, of of like rose and lavender for tea for you. Who does he do this with? Charity. Ah. Charity seemed to like it the most. Thank you, Ferris and Stormbringer. You appear entirely frozen in your demeanor, um, but uh, oh no! Now you're moving. There you go. Um, <laughs> She's alive. <laughs> I know this isn't comfortable, but whatever we face here, we will face it as a family. And I will help you however I can with that. But I fear that without getting that book and getting it quickly, it seems likely that Behelet may end up taking over my body just for the hell of it. <laughs> she seems spiteful that way. But we should, you're right, we should get the book so we can stop her and save you. Because I don't really care about stopping her, but I care about saving you and garbage. But, so we can go, and we can go talk to the Goliaths. But I don't know what we're walking into here. Mountain Spitter made it sound bad. And even if it's not as bad as Mountain Spitter made it sound, it's probably not, um, maybe not the best thing in the world for me to be back here. I know I've made it sound like it's actually, like, fine and it's really good. I know, because I've been trying to make it seem that way so that you guys won't get worried. But it's actually, just so you know, it's probably not good. Um, so I'm gonna go by Snow Mountain 
baller. Snow Mountain baller. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's my name. I'm not that other person. I'm Snow Mountain baller. And and um, um, maybe you could just hit me a few times in the face to disguise me. You're really skinny, but Hikari, could you hit me in the face? Please. Thank you. I just did it. Just a couple times. You turn back. You don't again. Good. Good. Thank you. Good. So I'm a snowman and baller. We're walking into probably bad things. And um, try to avoid um, just kind of all the Goliaths. You know, it's times like these when I sort of wish I had disintegrated that mask of many faces. Oh, well. Right. Um, so do we all get code names? Because mine is Rosemary Sinclair. <laughs> I mean, my just name is basically a code name, so I'll just stick with charity. Did Hikari, did Darcy roll a uh, an attempt at the spell thing, or the, the feelings thing? Yes, and I got it. Yep, yeah, we'll we'll resolve that in a second, yeah. Okay, all right. Um, oh, yeah, if we have code names, should I go with a classic, like Atashadric, or should I come up with something new? Decisions, decisions. I was always more partial to Theodroxac. Theodroxac, yeah, yeah. It's more that in the heat of combat, it's easier to sort of project that if I need help. Atashadric is just really difficult to scream in anguish. Hmm. <laughs> I'll think on it. I'll think on it. Well, again, I'm Rosemary Sinclair. This is... Oh, sorry. Snow Mountain Baller? Yeah. Or is it Bala? No, Baller. Baller, okay. Who's everyone else? I'm Chip. You're not coming. I'm not coming? No. The fuck I'm not. Whoa, Chip. You all have to stay here and look look for our mounts yes. outside the door. That is the very important task that we've given to the Bavalian Ravagers. Is there money involved in that task? I hand him a gold coin. Oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> Hell yeah. No, wait a minute. Just want to say that this all started, Chip, with you trying to steal our mounts. And now you're going to end up getting them. More than one, actually. So that's pretty good, eh? It's not a bad deal, all in all. You've been some good folk. Careful on your journeys. I brutally murdered people for you. Hell yeah, you did. Akari did a, a rap for you. They saved us from spiders, too. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. And we all got to pet the sloth. I told you that was going to happen, but I, I, again, I'm glad that it happened sort of off-screen. Yes, because what happened on screen was so much better for you. <laughs> it was so much better. Giant sloth, severe trauma. These are the choices we make. <laughs> All right. Uh, then, as you're gathering your stuff, the children are saying goodbyes. Uh, a couple of them get a little teary eyed. Um, Ferris, even, just is wiping away just a couple tears. Is, as uh, as he's he's sort of you know ushering you off. I give them each a coin, so you oh that's so sweet. they stop crying. Okay, so so they stop crying. 
that's less sweet, more bribery, but whatever. You don't know hey, my. I love it. Seamus, Seamus, tell them a joke to cheer them up. All right. So there's this. Okay. So you got this. Okay. So there's this farmer and he's got three daughters. All right. Oh, Two God. of them have been dead for three years. All right. That's going to come into play later when he's having sex. Seamus, you know what? You know what? Never mind. I'm oh. just going to let them feel their feelings and tell them that it's okay to feel bad feelings because yeah. there's no such thing as bad feelings or negative feelings. They're just feelings. Exactly. And we need to ex accept them and process them and appreciate them and honor them with our intentional navigation of our internal horizons. Does that make sense, Chip? And everyone's eyes just slowly go to Hakari. <laughs> <laughs> I just shrug, yeah. and shrug and go, woo! Yeah. Some gold coins. <laughs> they all pick up gold coins and put them uh, in their pockets. We're still working on, on her. It's fine. All right. Um, so you, you gather your stuff. You head out uh, to, ready to cross this stream in front of the cabin. Um, right now, uh, Stormbringer, your goal is to just try to get to high ground and then find any sort of um, tracks or any sort of clues to where the, the nearest camp of of Goliath might be. Um, but you are, you just, you feel you're in the area. Uh, you feel this has been, th these, these paths have been home to the nomadic Goliath tribe that you're a part of for many, many years. So it's, it's not going to be long now. Um, Hakari, you just kind of um, hold hold uh, just a, a bead of one of your necklaces mm -hmm. um, just kind of in your hand and you're praying again thinking about what Burbage said about feelings and you rolled a one <gasps> so you're God you see several different leaves fall in front of you and then sort of hover just about head height in front of you and you go and you pick one of them out of the air and you let it fall to the ground and as it falls to the ground you look back on your friends with now much more connection and feeling than you ever had before yay <laughs> way to suck all the fun out of it for me Andy <laughs> character growth whether you like it or not um you then see like a big rock like falling down the hill i do yeah but it's not really falling it's bouncing okay and then it sort of like slides onto the path in front of you and then starts running toward you like with feet yeah has feet this is not a big rock at all but a actually a gnome how big are gnomes gnome with a large sort of white bun on their head, uh, a big pack on their back, very round, very short, but and they're, they're saying, hey! Is there anyone else around me? <laughs> There's no one else around. Oh, you and, you and the group. All of you now see this. Okay, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Why am I by myself? And I wonder who that's going to be. Let's find out next time <gasps> on Fates of Rin, where we have a guest star. Oh. Who is this gnome? And who's going to play them? I wonder. Tune in next time to find out. Oh. <gasps>
All right, that's going to do us, ladies and gentlemen. That was our game tonight. We're going to stop there. Um, a lot of progress. Good therapy session, everyone. Well done. Well done. Mm -hmm. You got. You made it through some good stuff. Could Avery uh, have died? Was that a possible? Was Avery? Avery could have died. Yes. <gasps> oh, uh, so I was not. Yeah, it was only if you failed every single one, and you got okay. one of them. <laughs> Wait, what was the DC on those? Seventeen. <laughs> Oh, damn. Kind of hard. But I was wow, like, oh, fine. he'll roll one of them good. One of them. Oh, you you did. You rolled a good one good. Yeah. I would have um, been so... I, I would have yeah. been very unhappy to watch Avery be murdered. Yes. It would have been, been really bad. The dice, the dice were in your favor. You're totally good. You're totally good. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, we love you so much. Hang in there, everyone. Take care of yourselves. If you can, play some games. Uh, connect with people around you. Um, these are these are stupid times, and and you just need to kind of take care of yourself right now. Please do so. Um, tell someone you love them. Hang in there, everyone. Uh, we'll see you next time. Peace out. Good night. Good night. Have a good night, everybody. Bye. Everybody, take care of yourselves and each other. Bye-bye. This has been Goats and Dragons, presented by Helpful Goat Gaming. If you enjoyed what you heard and want to hear more, check out our other podcast, Helpful Goat Presents, where we play shorter campaigns, one-shots, and have conversations about D&D and games in general. For more information about us, check out our website at helpfulgoat.com. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at helpfulgoat, or chat with us and the rest of the Helpful Goat community on our Discord server using the link in this episode's description. For more of our shared gaming projects and live streams, check us out on Twitch, where we are Helpful Goat, or on YouTube at Helpful Goat Gaming. If you want to support us, you can make a donation on our coffee page by following that link in the episode description, or you can rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podcast Addict. We are a growing community of friends who enjoy playing games, storytelling, and role-playing, and we would love for you to join us as we cultivate a positive and helpful online space together. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.